Hi there. Welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. We're so happy that you tuned in. Please join us today as we continue our series through the book of Matthew. Josh here. We're so glad that you are joining us virtually today. This is a day that I wish you could be with us in person because we're celebrating the grand opening of our very first Pewtown campus, or excuse me, our very first Branch Life campus. And in a couple moments, we're going to tell you the story of what's happened and how God made this unfold. But we are celebrating what God has done, and we are celebrating in person together this Sunday. We're also kicking off a brand new series that you see behind me called Stories for Skeptics. And we're going to jump into that in just a moment. And we're glad that you can join us virtually for this celebration. There's a lot that God has been doing in our community and in our world. There's a lot of needs that have been Uh, raised in our area, and we as a church care about our neighbors. We think when God says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, that he meant it. And so that's our mission here at Branch Life Church. That's what our prayer is for this brand new campus, that we will be able to use this in and around our community. Presently, we're involved with flood relief for victims that lost possessions in their homes. We're involved in, in supporting those with some food insecurity in and around us, and we are also involved in helping uh, some Afghan refugees that have come into this area. Man, if you're interested in finding more about any of those things and how you can help, we're going to periodically post things on our Facebook pages, our Instagram, and other social media places. You can check that out. Make sure you've liked us or followed us, and anytime that you can get involved, uh, just raise your hand. Uh, Shoot us a comment, shoot us a question, and we'll let you know. We're actually looking for a point person that can work in Pottstown in the evenings, helping with preparing 1,800 meals a day. And uh, the food has been provided, but packing it and getting it ready to go to these refugees is something that's taking place right here in our town. And they're looking for people to help do that. That's the kind of thing that you'd find out on our social media page. We're glad that you are a regular part of, uh, for those of you that are with us each week, a regular part of Branch Life through our online ministries. And for those of you that are just joining in, maybe you were invited for this special celebration, we want to say welcome to you. We're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to show you another one of our community connections, highlighting uh, a ministry partner right here in Pottstown called Project Purpose. Uh, they, they help uh, underprivileged families in, in our community, specifically with tutoring and schooling, as well with food. And we are, we are glad to highlight them a little bit later. Then we're going to sing a little bit more and then jump into our recognition time for what God has done and into this first part of our Skeptic series. So thank you for joining us. We're so glad that you're part of this. If this is your first time with us uh, or if you're with us every time, you have a homework assignment and that's to fill out your online connection card before you log off. You can do that anytime at branchlife.church or you can click the link that's being shared in the chat section next to you wherever you're watching, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website. We think God is on the move, and he's up to big things, and that we're better together. Today, we are celebrating what God is doing, and we're so excited uh, to tell you more about it. Let's start with some worship, and then you'll hear from Project Purpose, and then I'll be back to give you our first part of our Skeptic series. Thanks for joining us today, and we're glad that you are a part of our Branch Life family. 
Hey, so today is our grand opening celebration, and uh, we're just thrilled to be able to share a little bit about what God has been doing in and around Branch Life Church. Our prayer from the very beginning is that God would use us as a church to have an impact on the world around us. We believe that the stronger our connection with Christ, the farther our reach into this world. And like any healthy tree that's bearing fruit, we provide food, sustenance, and shade to those around us. Basically, making our community better because God has put us here as salt and light in this world. And we're so excited that we are finally able to launch, uh, after three years of preparation, our very first Branch Life campus. Our prayer is that this is just the first of many. We want to be a church that's good at multiplying disciples, leaders, and churches. We'd love to plant more churches, start more campuses, be involved in revitalizing uh, churches. And this, this is what God has enabled us to do. We're standing at our address of our first worship center. And I like calling it a worship center or a campus more than I like calling it a church. Because the church is a people. We've talked about that over the last couple of weeks. Not a place. The place is just what God uses to help us gather together, to help us reach people. And we hope that God will use this campus, this worship center, for his glory and to be an encouragement to our community and that it will be open wide to everyone in our community to do incredible things. The address of our brand new worship center is 780 Pewtown Road. We're just a little bit south of Pottstown next to the O&J High School. And this, this property has been a campus or a worship center for years. Although Branch Life Church just celebrated our second year anniversary in April, Pewtown Baptist Church has been worshiping here since 1856. The room that I'm standing in was actually built in the 1850s. It took several years. It's made out of stone. We're on the second floor of a building that was used in the Civil War as a bunker. That's kind of a crazy thing to think about, that God has been using his people here in this place for that long. And now our stories, the Branch Life story, this brand new baby church is, is merging with the Pewtown story, the Pewtown Baptist Church story. We're coming together to form one church. And it's been an amazing journey. Today we want to thank those that are a part of the Pewtown Baptist Church family. And there are several 50-year members, people that have been a part of this congregation for over 50 years, who are now a part of the Branch Life Church family. We love that heritage. We love that connection. And our Pewtown family invited us several years ago to begin the conversation of possibly two churches becoming one. And we underwent an adoption process where we, Branch Life Church, adopted the members of Pewtown Church. They were invited to join us and we have combined uh, resources, we have combined gifts and talents, we have uh, combined efforts that two churches have become one church. It truly is us living out our mantra that we are better together. The Pewtown family had this campus that they have been taking care of for many, many, many years that they graciously have given to Branch Life Church. That gift is an unspeakable gift of generosity that we can't say thank you enough for. So we are applauding our Pewtown family members. We are so glad that they've joined our church. Not only do they bring, uh, have they gifted us this campus, but they bring with themselves wisdom and talent and love and energy and passion for bringing Jesus to the next generation. They make us whole. And we're so glad that, that we can have their wisdom, that we can be a part of their heritage. And so join me in thanking our Pewtown family 
that are now all together one under the mantra of Branch Life Church. One of our Branch Life Church members wrote this poem in gratitude to our, our, our Pewtown family. They said this, it's titled Better Together. The Lord God is a vine dresser and God will prune his faithful ones for more fruit. And the vineyard grew and God blessed and God multiplied greatly. The addition of all this fruit and the changes in the vineyard was overwhelming. And God brought such beauty to the vineyard with many helpers and worshipers. And the voice of the church brought great joy. How lovely is his dwelling place. It brings peace, love, joy, and great friendship. Thank you to Pewtown Baptist Church for letting God grow us together. You know, since we have been worshiping together at one church through a pandemic, as we've been renovating this facility, we can't help but be thankful for where we've been as two churches have become one. But we are excited about where we're going. And we believe that God is on the move and that this is one of the greatest moments in our generation to not, to not do church, but to be the church, to be the hands and feet of God. You've seen in our Community Connections uh, comments that we are, are active in bringing God, bringing the world Jesus, because we believe that the world needs Jesus. And in his power and by his leading, we hope that God will multiply his efforts here that his presence will be shown, that he will be glorified in this place as there are more people that will come to, come to Christ, disciples, as there are more people who will lead and build the church of God and there are more churches that will be planted here and around the world. We believe that God has brought us to this Pottstown area for this time, that we have a, a vision to impact the greater Philadelphia and the entire Northeast and to wrap the influence and love of God uh, uh, around the world as we go from this day to the next, we think that the next chapter that God is writing is an exciting chapter in the life of Branch Life Church. And we are inviting you to be a part of it as we gather to worship here in this place in this time. As we use our gifts and talents day in and day out to encourage young moms and teenagers and senior saints to build families and to, and to reach with the love of God to, into our neighbors' lives. We hope that you'll join us, that you'll put your spiritual life into hyperdrive, that you'll use your gifts and talents to bless others and to glorify God, and that he will take this offering, these gifts that we bring, this place and this church body, and he will do great things through it. We can't wait to see what God does next as we strengthen our connection to Christ to reach our world. Man, if you're interested at all in being a part of Branch Life Church, what you can do is simply join us again next time to gather with us on a regular basis, whether it's virtually or in person. And over the next couple of weeks, we're launching this brand new teaching series called Stories for Skeptics. We're going to run through Matthew chapter 12 through Matthew chapter 13, where all of these stories that Matthew tells us were stories that were presented with people who had questions, who were exploring, who were on their faith journey. And these are awesome stories. We think that Branch Life Church needs to be a safe place where people can explore their faith and they can ask questions. And so we're inviting you to come back each week. If you're a faithful follower of Jesus, you're already all in. This will be an encouragement to you. If you're someone that's exploring a relationship with Jesus, this will be something that helps you ask and answer questions. And if you're skeptical about the whole thing, it's a conversation that you're going to want to be a part of. So if you have your Bibles, we're jumping into Matthew 
Uh, Matthew chapter 12, you can go there. And this is your first time with us. We have a gift for you. It's this Matthew journal. We'd love for you to get into your hands. And we, as we go through Matthew this year, you can use this as a tool to kind of see where we've been and look at where we're going. Put on your comment card that you'd like one of these journals, and we'll do our best to get them to you. So Matthew chapter 12 brings us to our first story of, uh, 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 for skeptics. And it's the story of the man with the withered hand can't wait to tell you this story, but the story actually starts with an interesting question, and it's probably one that you need to answer today. And the question is simply this, are you tired? Here we are in September of 2021. We've just come through an incredibly unique summer, two sets of summers because of the pandemic. Our kids are getting ready to go back in person to school. Many have already started. We've, we've tried to take last minute vacations after quarantines and and trying to get our businesses up and running and trying to hold things together as a family. It's been a crazy season for all of us. And so the question is, are you tired? And it it would be a shock to me if you were like, no, I'm good to go. I found that all my vacations this summer were those like vacations that you need a vacation from, right? You go and there's so much that you hadn't done that you try to pack it all in, you try to see everybody. And by the time you get home, you're more exhausted than when you left. Sometimes vacations aren't that relaxing. Sometimes day offs aren't that relaxing, right? We start working hard and getting projects done and we realize that our day off was, was a day of action activity and we're exhausted. Even, even trying to keep up with like the fun stuff on social media is exhausting, right? And, and catching up with your favorite shows. Sometimes if you spend too much time on a screen, you just get so tired. Well, in Matthew chapter 12, it actually is a conversation about being tired and needing rest. And so in Matthew chapter 12, it's going to talk to us about the man with the withered hand. And there's going to be three parts to this story. First, there's going to be the claim. And every one of these stories for skeptics is going to have a claim. They're going to They're going to try to present something as true. And then there's going to be the skeptics. That's you and I looking at this claim going, ah! know what I think about that. And then there's going to be the proof, all right? What, wh- how do we know that this claim is true, or I accept it, or I reject it, right? And it's a safe place to have the conversation. The claim in the story of the man with the withered hand is simply this. Rest is not found in the absence of activity, but that rest is found in a person. Now, you might say, no, no, no. A good nap does me wonders. My mother-in-law is one of those like 10-minute nappers. She can be like real tired. She's like, oh, I'm going to go take a nap. And she'll disappear into her back room for like 10 minutes and come back out and be like, that was great. I'm ready to go. I am not a 10-minute napper. I'm like a two-hour minimum napper. I've got to like block off a week of time for a nap, right? And when I wake up from a nap, I've been in a deep sleep. I come out of that thing droggy and like, I don't know what's going on with life. I'm a horrible napper, but maybe you're out there going, no, naps are the way that you find rest. Or taking a day off is the way that you find rest. Or going on a vacation is the way that you find rest. Or not working but playing golf is the way that you find rest. And what the claim is, is that true rest is not found in the absence of activity or changing up your routine or getting a nap. True rest is found in a person. Now, let's see where this claim is made. And it's made in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible, right? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. All right? 
2020, 2021, my muscles are sore, I'm tired, I've been working hard, I can barely see straight, my mind is tired, my body is tired, my emotions are tired. If that's you, what is Jesus saying? What's his claim? He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Man, my yoke is a farming term for the thing that you put over the shoulders of the ox so they can pull the plow. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Soul rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why is it sometimes we can be physically exhausted, but we can't fall asleep? Has that ever happened to you? You've been lying in bed and you just want to go to sleep, but you can't. Why not? Because inside your soul is turning over and over. You're mad because you had an argument with your wife or the kids did something that you just can't get out of your mind. You were hurt by a a friend or a, a sibling in some way. You're concerned about tomorrow and what might happen. There's a big presentation or there's a a deadline and you just can't get it out of your mind. That's your soul turning over and over and over again. And physically, we get exhausted because our souls often need rest. A couple weeks back, when we talked about this verse at the end of our last series, we talked about the idea that Jesus gives you daily rest so you can sleep at night. That Jesus gives you weekly rest and it's called Sabbath, the principle of the Sabbath. And he gives you soul rest. That's, that's the ability to rest your emotions, to rest your heart, to rest your inward being. And all of these things come from a person, not from a vacation. That's the proposal. That's, that's what he's saying. And he's saying, listen, my yoke, when I, what I ask you to do, what I ask you to carry through life is easy. So how do we best understand this? How do we understand getting rest? And let me paint a picture for you. It's exhausting to work constantly, right? One of the best exercises that you can do that's going to tire you out very quickly is swimming. They say it's one of the best all-around exercises out there to be able to jump in a pool and to swim across. We just watched the Olympics and we saw these guys and gals just fly across this pool, right? And they'll swim for for 10 seconds or 15 seconds or, or for a minute and they'll come out the other end huffing and puffing and exhausting because, man, it's an all-in effort. What Jesus is saying is he's saying, if you are doing life without me, without the person of Jesus, it's like you're someone who's trying to swim, but swim upstream or swim against the current. Have you ever tried to swim against the current? Have you ever tried to like paddle a canoe against the current of a river? It's hard. It's exhausting. And it's twice as hard as it could be is if you just turn yourself around, and swam with the current. How much farther do you get trying to swim upstream versus just going with the flow? When you would, if you would swim and put the exact same amount of effort in swimming with the flow as you were swimming upstream, you would last longer. You would go farther. You would have more of a kind of a cruise behind you. But we so often in life try to swim upstream. We try to do life without Jesus, and we're constantly going against the current. What Jesus is saying is, I can offer you a life that's in the current, a life that's going downstream. 
But we say, no, 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 Jesus, no, thank you. I'm going to do it my way. I know I'm tired. I know I'm worried. I know I'm anxious. I know I'm not getting much sleep. I know I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my future. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to just try to figure out something that I can use in my life to help me go farther. So I'm going to put on like these goggles, right? I'm going to put on these goggles and I'm going to use this, this, this breathing apparatus so that I can swim better upstream. And this is going to help me. Now, now here's the problem with that picture. You might put on some tools, you might even get some fins, and you'll try to swim upstream, but you're still fighting against the current. We say, no, if I just read a few books, or if I take some time off, or if I get a different job, maybe then, or if, if our president changes, then, then I can actually deal with this thing called life, and, and we'll find out that, no, this isn't working, and Jesus will say, listen, I'm the one that gives you rest. Stop swimming upstream and go with the flow. Go with the way you've been designed. You've been designed to be my kid. I want you to be a part of my life. I want to help you and carry you through life. And you say, no, 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 Jesus, I don't need you. What I need is more money. I need something else. So I'm going to grab a flotation device. I think if I had more money or if I had a right car or if I had the right house, I could just take this and then this will help me to be able to go upstream better. And so you, you grab this and now you're holding on to to trying to get money and you've got, you've got the, the other supports that you were using and you're trying to figure it out and you breathe right and kick, kick, kick. But the problem is you find yourself still swimming upstream. You see, what Jesus' claim is, is not that we need more tools or more money or more advice to get through life. As a matter of fact, all of that stuff can in and of itself make it harder to swim. What he says is the problem isn't how you're moving. The problem is that you're moving against the current. Jesus says, hey, if you want to be able to have rest, come to me and I will give you rest. And imagine instead of swimming upstream that you turn and you point yourself downstream. And then the current like Jesus offered just takes you and helps you flow through life. You see, in another passage, Jesus says this. He goes, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome this world. I can carry you through the trouble. That's the claim that Jesus makes. Now, the conversation continues. In Matthew chapter 12, in verses 1 through 8, he starts talking about the Sabbath. And he says this, he says, I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. They would, in, in Jewish days, in Bible times, go on Sabbath and make sure that they participated in worship at the temple. He says, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what it means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, right? He's not wanting you to give up stuff. He wants you to have mercy. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, Jesus makes this claim, right, that he's Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath is used eight times in these verses. The Sabbath is the idea of weekly rest. The fourth commandment in the Old Testament, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We don't actually have that same command in the New Testament. We have taken our rest, uh, our Sabbath day and turned it into the Sabbath principle. Jesus says that we should take time to rest. We should take time intentionally every week to remember who God is. But that true rest is not found in a certain day. It's found in a person. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Lord of the Sabbath 
of the rest. You see, the claim that he is making is that the, that real rest is found in Jesus. That Jesus is the current. That Jesus is the flow. And you can either swim against it or you can swim with it. He is claiming to be Lord. He's claiming to be the master and the savior. Now, everybody who's, who's skeptical goes, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I'm not sure if that's true. Jesus is presenting an option, right? He's saying to you, listen, you can continue swimming upstream or you can rest in me. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We cast our burdens, we cast our cares on him and when we have a relationship with Jesus, he's the one who cares for us. He's the one who carries us. Now, Jesus is telling the story. He's talking about the Sabbath. He's making this claim, and he's surrounded by all kinds of people. You hear this claim, and you have some kind of gut reaction to it. If you're a follower of Jesus, you might say, yes, amen, amen, amen. This is how I've experienced this. Jesus has carried me through my sickness. Jesus has carried me through my parenting. Jesus has carried me through my college years. And he helped me through some very difficult times. You might be sitting there going, Jesus has carried me through the pandemic. And maybe there's others of you around you, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's true, but I'm willing to consider it because I've seen other people who follow Jesus experience joy and peace and hope. And yet there's a, another category that says, no, I don't believe that Jesus is God. I think he's fake. I think he's a fraud. I think he's a made-up story whatever it might be, and they might even be against Jesus. You see, in this story, that's exactly what was going on. There were people that were with Jesus, his disciples, his followers. There were people that were considering a relationship with Jesus, and there were people that were against Jesus. In this case, it was the religious skeptics. They had another faith, and they pushed back against, excuse me, against Jesus. In the next couple of verses, and starting in verse 9, it says, he went from there when he was talking to, to the skeptics outside and entered their synagogue, the religious leaders. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they, the skeptics, asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? You see, they were trying to get Jesus to break the rules, right? If this is really God, he won't sin, he won't break the rules. And they thought they had kind of captured him. They didn't realize, they didn't remember he just claimed to be the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't just a day, it's now rest is not a day, rest is in a person. And he's saying he's, that he's following Jesus. And, and here's this man who on the Sabbath is presenting his injury, his hurt, his pain, and his brokenness to Jesus. He has been carrying this pain his entire life. Nobody's been able to help him, nobody's been able to fix him. He's had trouble eating, he's had, had trouble making a living. And so he finds himself in the synagogue where he can pray, where he can receive food, where he can receive alms and, and offerings from the religious people so that he can survive another day. And here comes Jesus and he finds this man with the withered hand. It's fascinating to me that these religious leaders look at Jesus and say, you're not going to heal him, are you? You're not going to do work. You're not going to break the law on the Sabbath day. You can't do that. That would be wrong. And they present their skepticism to Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, I'm, I'm going to prove something to you in just a moment. He said, to, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man 
stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. Jesus, like, if you don't believe my words, if you don't believe my story, if you don't believe how life works, if you're still trying to swim upstream, I'm telling you to trust me, and here's why you should trust me. And he literally heals the man on the spot. He says two things in this moment. Number one, he says, every day is a good day to do good. Every day is a good day to do good. You read the rest of this passage, you see that brought out. And then the second thing that he says is that I will meet you in your brokenness. Whoever you are and wherever you are, Jesus meets you in your brokenness and pain. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling the pain of loss. Maybe you lost something. Maybe your house was flooded out. Maybe you've, you've lost a, a family member or a friend. We've got, we've got friends and neighbors at, at, of our church and of our community who are dealing with extremely painful situations, whether it's battling cancer or losing their house to a fire or having a child in the hospital. All of those things are happening in these moments. Now, Jesus says you can do that on your own. You can fight this on your own, or you can trust me to meet you where you are. I'll meet you in your brokenness. I'll meet you in your pain, and I will give you rest. I will be the one that you can lean on. I will be the one that can give you peace. I'm the one that can give you hope and that can give you joy. You see, when you have a faith relationship in Jesus Christ, you turn from trying to live life your own way and trying to swim upstream, and you finally let Jesus carry you. Some of you have been fighting a relationship with Jesus for a very long time, and you've been trying to do it your way and resisting the call that Jesus has in your life to follow him. Maybe today, or maybe in the series, you can hear the voice of Jesus and say, you know what, I'm going to turn and I'm going to follow Jesus. And listen, he will pick you up in your brokenness. He will pick you up in your pain and he will carry you farther. If you're a single mom dealing with with parenting in this difficult season of life, Jesus will carry you through. If you're an elderly saint and you're worried about a pandemic, you're worried about stepping outside and if you're going to get sick and how you're going to react to it and how you should deal with uh, all of the advice that you've been given, listen, Jesus wants to carry you through. If you're a pastor and you're trying to to build a church and plant a church in the middle of a pandemic, listen, Jesus is going to carry you through. If you're a business owner and you're not sure if you're going to be able to survive another day, another week, or another lockdown, Jesus will carry you through. You see, Jesus wants to carry you through that trouble. And no matter where you are or what you've been, no matter where you're dealing with, he wants to offer you healing. You see, what our world needs is Jesus. What our world needs is not another religion. It's not another, not another good piece of good advice. It's Jesus. We need to be healed from our brokenness by putting our faith and trust in Jesus. Look at this response. When Jesus healed this man with the withered hand, all the skeptics were watching. Now you have to do something with that. But the Pharisees went out and they conspired against him how to destroy him. They saw him heal a man, and they said, he's got to go. They were threatened by Jesus, by his power and by his healing, and they didn't accept him as God. They rejected him. Listen, is Jesus trying to show himself to you? Is he trying to knock at your door? Are you trying to hear his voice, and are you still turning him away? If you have genuine questions, the truth is not scared of questions, let's ask them and discuss them together. And maybe, maybe you'll see Jesus as real. Maybe you'll see the hope that he gives. And maybe it'll just be worth the time and effort to know where you stand. But these skeptics rejected Jesus. Now, there were others in the room. There were others in the synagogue 
other religious people, other people that had no faith. And Jesus was aware that these men were plotting to destroy him. So he left there and many followed him and he healed them all. You see, there were people that saw Jesus for who he was and they followed him. And what did they experience? They experienced healing. I don't know where you're broken today. I just know that you are. Because I am. I'm broken. Maybe your marriage is broken. Maybe your finances are broken. Maybe you've lost hope. Maybe there's no joy. Maybe you're feeling lonely as a teenager in a connected world, yet disconnected more than ever. Maybe, maybe you've just kind of, your faith has been broken. Listen to this. When you choose to follow Jesus, he heals our brokenness. He takes our sins and separates them as far as the east is from the west. He offers us hope. He offers us strength. He gives us gifts to get through life. He gives us each other to travel with life through the church. Today, would you see Jesus for the miracle worker that he is? And would you accept the free gift of salvation? Are you finally ready to stop swimming upstream? Humble yourself. Confess your sins and become a follower of Jesus. He's calling to you today. I want to invite you to take whatever your step is, your next step in your spiritual journey. Maybe it's to ask more questions. Maybe it's just to return again and to check out what we talk about in the next story. Maybe it's a step of faith. Maybe you're ready to accept Jesus as your personal Savior and come all in with faith. Maybe it's to get baptized. Maybe it's to join the church. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's to reach. Maybe it's to help our neighbors and love our neighbors. But what we want to ask you to do is to, to make one of these decisions. Today, have you decided to follow Jesus? Are you ready to say, I'm in? I'm ready to become a follower of Jesus. If you're ready to know for certain what's going to happen to you after you die, if you're ready to have hope in this life, if you're ready to turn and, and repent and stop swimming upstream but swim downstream, simply have this conversation with God. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins. I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. And I want to accept the free gift of salvation. Today, I have decided to follow Jesus. Man, if that's you and you've made that commitment, we'd love for you to hear from you. You can go to the gospel tab at branchlife.church and you can see more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and you can reaffirm that commitment and let us know that you've made this decision. You can also let us know simply by filling out your connection card and maybe you're here and you're already a follower of Jesus but you've been trying to do life your own way and you're like, you know, I, Jesus is the miracle worker, not me. Jesus is the one who has the answer. I need to do what Jesus has asked me to do and maybe you need to just continue to go with the direction that Jesus is supplying for your life. Whatever your next step is, however he has talked to you, you can let us know that on the card. We will pray for you. We will help you as you take your next steps. And we want to, as a church, always be taking these next steps together. Wherever you're at, we want to ask you to encourage you to connect again next week as we continue the conversation. We hear another story for skeptics, and we are going to be celebrating baptisms and beginning our deconstruction class on Sunday nights. You can find more information about both of those things at branchlife.church. We want to thank you for joining us today as we've celebrated God, what God is doing at this campus, as we dedicate this campus to him and to his glory and to the building of his kingdom, and as we invite all of you to know Jesus and to strengthen your faith, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're always welcome to join us. 
So will you be back next time as we continue this conversation together? I'm so glad that you were able to connect with us today. Don't forget to fill out your connection card. Let us know that you worship with us virtually, whether it's on the day itself or you're watching the rebroadcast. And then tune in next time as we continue the stories for skeptics. Have a great rest of your week.